You're listening to Inspirational Perspective with Linnell Harris. Inspirational Perspective is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. Are you living the best life possible? You can subscribe to the Inspirational Perspective blog at www.inspirationalperspective.com. Follow Linnell on social media. Go to Facebook and like the Facebook page, Inspirational Perspective. You can also follow Linnell on Twitter and Instagram at the handle Linnell Harris. Are your plans on track for this year? Are you ready to give up on them? In this recording, Linnell discusses why our New Year's resolutions fell. No matter how well we plan for resolutions and goals, things will get in the way. When these things happen, it is not the end of the world or your plan. Linnell also explores how to use our time wisely. Let's join the conversation. Before I get into the show tonight, I have to pause and make sure that things are gearing up in 2014 the way you expected them to. And if not, I'm here to give you the inspiration and tangible tools you might need to get back on track with your plan. I want to know how your plan is going. You know, January is almost over. And, you know, are your plans on track for 2014? And how have you been spending your time this year? You know, uh, tell us about it. Good or bad always helps, uh, you know, provide perspective. So the question, the two questions this evening, is your plan for 2014 on track? And how have you spent your time this year? And I have to tell you, you know, we're headed into... Uh, you know, what you can consider the last week of the month. And I wanted to check in on how everyone's New Year's resolutions were going. Because, you know, we have these carefully laid plans, some of us, that, you know, know, we put together. And it's always important as you're going to, you know, just see how they're shaping up. And for others, if you haven't made a plan, you know, this may be a good time to, you know, take a pen to paper and write down a few things that you want to accomplish in 2014. I'm sure many of us have taken on this task. And for those of you who have goals and plans, I'm sure many of you are on task. Um, And I'm sure, you know, some of us have been carefully following our action plans. You know, we're tracking the milestones diligently. And if that's you, I say, hey, you know what? Great work and a great work for now because it's still early in the, in the year. But keep listening. And for others, it may be going a bit different out there. You know, you may already be frustrated with either, you know, the plan you created or your inability to sufficiently stick to that plan. And you may be seriously contemplating quitting. You know, you might be saying, all right, you know what? I guess it's just not going to be, you know, this is not going to work for me this year. And if that is where you are, if you can identify with that, what I just said, then I would say to you, you know what? Solid work, solid work. And I'm not being facetious. I'm, I'm, I'm being serious uh, because you're normal and you're in good company. I would say that, you know, I'm uh, on par with both in some ways. Some goals I'm feeling good about. I'm right on task. And then there's a few other things that, you know, by this point in January, I thought would be a little further along slightly frustrated. So, you know, you're in good company. I think that many of us end up that way when we're looking at our goals and things that we are setting out to do. And there may be those of you who are, you know, you're done. You already quit. 
you know, you couldn't catch a break the first week. You couldn't catch a break the second week of the year. And now you're just hoping that if you abandon, you know, whatever ridiculous resolution or plan that you you put in place, that you can salvage the rest of 2014 and everything can kind of go back to normal. And so regardless of what group you may fall into, there is a universal truth that will hold true. And that truth is your goals on paper versus your goals in real life. All right. That's the truth. I mean, that's going to be the conflict that you have. The goals that you have on paper will not always match what it's supposed to look like in real life. Because when you put it to paper, that's one task, right? That's one obstacle that some of us haven't even overcome yet. But then once you put it on paper, now you have to go make it happen. And, you know, real life doesn't always lay out real nice and easy like a sheet of paper with a pen on top of it. And that's the problem, right? No matter how well we plan something, stuff will always happen. Stuff happens. And so I wanted to encourage those of you or all of us who are going through this, because the trick is always to remember when stuff happens and interrupts your plan, it's not the end of the world. Thus, it's not the end of your plan. And I'm going to say that again, because this is really the trick. When stuff happens that gets in the way of whatever plan or goal you have, it is not the end of the world. And because it's not the end of the world, that means that it's not the end of your plan. You can still work the plan, even if you're way behind. Even if the goal was to go to the gym every other day from January 1 to now, and you've only been twice. Well, guess what? All right, you've only been twice, but that doesn't mean that the plan is ruined. The plan only stops when, you know, the world stops spinning. And so it's up to you to say, you know what, the plan is not ruined and I can continue to go. You know, it's interesting. I believe most of the resources for goal setting and creating plans are slightly flawed. And, you know, we know our goals, you know, we know our plans should be specific. And when I say, you know, specific, I'm, I'm referring to like the smart goal setup, you know, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic and time bound. That acronym. I think we most of us who have set goals know how to use that that acronym. And so that's where we focus. And because we're focused on creating a goal with the specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound measures, we put all of our focus there, and we give very little thought to the potential barriers and piles of stuff that we may accidentally step into as we are going about making our plan a reality. And these are the things that could stall a very well-laid plan. And so consequently, what happens is the very first pothole, wall or unforeseen obstacle we hit feels like failure. And so I'll say that again. What happens is when we lay out these plans, everything seems to be great on paper. We try to put the plans into action and the very first barrier or the wall we hit, it feels like failure. When in fact, I believe that it represents progress. And it represents progress because 
Stepping in a pile of smiley stuff equals progress because you took a step. You took a step. And if you're stepping, you're moving forward. And I think often we forget that the obstacles, the barriers, the stuff that gets in the way of the plan is actually us making progress in the plan. You know, let's say you wanted to start a grocery store. You say, all right, I'm going to start a grocery store. And you start doing your research. You look for the right place, a corner lot that's going to work out well. You start working with different distributors and manufacturers to get your product. And then all of a sudden you hit a distribution snag. Is that failure or is it just that you've been making a lot of progress and you've been making progress and you have a whole lot behind you? And so you just have to power through this to keep going. And so that's really the long and short of what I want to share about our goals for 2014 this year. I know for me that I've hit for some of the goals I have on paper, I've hit a wall or I've hit a barrier. And it really is coming down to persistently pursuing that goal. And so tonight I want to ask you, you know, how's your progress? Because at the end of the day, if you don't take a step, then there's no stuff to step in, right? No step, no stuff. No rolling forward, no potholes, no momentum, no walls. And so if you stepped in stuff recently, what I would like to say to you is wipe it off. You know, get that dirt off your shoulders, keep moving, and make it happen. If you hit a pothole, don't slow down. Keep rolling. And the funny thing about potholes, you know, those of us that are drivers, right? The funny thing about potholes is when you hit a real good pothole and you realize that, you know, well, I didn't mess up my car and I'm still moving. You ever notice how quickly you can maneuver around future potholes like that is on your radar? I mean, it's on your radar, right? You start your drive, your commute out Monday morning, you hit a pothole on the street you live on more than likely you're going to be looking for potholes the rest of your commute. And it's the same thing with the plans that we lay. As you're developing your plan, as you're developing a resolution and you begin to work that, the things that you run into that feel like potholes or become barriers are simply there. So later, when you really got some momentum and it could really tear up your car or could really tear up the plan or could really tear up the goal, that you are able to maneuver around it. And so sometimes the things that pop up early on are really just there to help us. So, you know, it's a matter of perspective. So tonight, what I would say is don't stall. You know, if you hit a wall and I shared this with the Claflin students, you know, if you hit a wall, climb over it. If you can't climb, dig underneath it. If you can't dig, tear the wall down. If you can't penetrate the wall, then walk around it. Walk until you're all the way around it. But whatever you do, do not quit. Our New Year's resolutions and plans fail only for one reason, and that is because we quit. They don't fail because something happened, or they don't fail because something blocked the plan. They don't fail because you ran into a barrier, and they don't fail because you walked into a wall. They fail because when you walk into the wall, or you come across the barrier, or you happen to you know, fall into the obstacle, you stop and you quit. Because if you're really committed to the plan, the idea would be is that you hit the pothole, you keep rolling. You run into the wall, 
then like I said, you climb over it, you dig underneath it, you walk around it, or you take a hammer to it and you hit it until it falls down. And so where are you with your plans for 2014? You know, so I just really felt like that was something I needed to share, especially going into, you know, this last weekend in January. You know, we quit because we don't anticipate resistance. And I think often, you know, when we lay plans out, you know, we romance our own plans. We think of all the things and hey, I'm the optimist. You guys know this. I'll tell you, hey, think optimistically, you know, uh, be positive, you know, imagine only the best. But, you know, with that, you also have to be real and plan for resistance and know that resistance is one of the things you are guaranteed to run across. And so when the resistance hits, it doesn't surprise you. You know, I believe one of the reasons why when we hit resistance, because we did not anticipate it, we did not anticipate that resistance, the resistance surprises us. And because it surprises us, we're unprepared. I mean, we're completely unprepared. And, you know, being unprepared is in a lot of ways demoralizing. And because we feel demoralized, that causes us to feel discouraged. And once we're discouraged, that quickly highlights the exit for us to quit. And, you know, this year, what I'm saying is plan for the resistance, plan for it, because if it hasn't revealed its ugly head yet, I'm going to guarantee you that at some point it will. You know, uh, some weeks back before the end of the year, you know, one of the shows I had was, you know, gold in the mud. And what I shared during that show is you cannot pull gold out of the dirt without getting your hands dirty. And so sometimes the valuable lessons we're supposed to learn, they actually happen within the resistance of the goal or the resolution that you're going after. So this year, you know, let's plan for that resistance. And, you know, there's a quote by Robert Burns that just popped in my head. And that quote is the best laid plans of mice and men off go awry. And that's a old 19th century book that actually another book called Mice and Men was uh, dubbed from. So be sure your plan includes tangible ways to stay encouraged because, you know, there's going to be some resistance. And that's why inspiration and motivation are so important. And if you're listening to the show tonight, then I would say that you're on the right track. You're definitely on the right track. So, all right. I mean, what, did you, what do you guys think about that? You know, give me a call. You know, the, less the, uh, the questions that I'm asking this evening are, you know, is your plan for 2014 on track? And then how have you spent time for the year? So, you know, next I, you know, I have this question, and, and that is, when was the last time you stopped and really thought about time? And I'm saying time, you know, that precious, priceless commodity we all share daily in full equity. How about that? It cannot be man man manipulated. It can't be. It's uh, no matter what color you are, no matter, you know, what height, no matter what size, we all get 24 hours in a day. And one of the things I've always said is time is the great equalizer. And it, it really is. And um, every year this time of the year, you know, my mind sits on these type of topics quite a bit. And I'm sure most of you can relate when I say there just doesn't seem to be enough time in a day. Right. 
And this, you know, this situation, or you can call it this feeling, has led me to ask myself quite a few questions about time in the past. You know, some of these questions are things like, you know, am I using my time effectively? Should I spend time completing this task or should I pay someone else to do it? You know, you know, the whole exchange between time and money. It's funny, you know, as a life coach, when I was going through my accreditation process, you know, and I remember the master coach saying that the two things that human beings get really wonky about are time and money. Time and money. And those, it's funny that those are the two things that we typically are always looking to see if we can trade, right? You know, should I do this myself? Should I pay for it, et cetera? You know, another question when it comes to time is how much time will it take? Hey, can you take this ride with me? Well, how much time will that take? I know for me, often I'm asking, all right, how much time will I have to sleep? If I go to bed right now, how much time will I have to sleep? I think these are all familiar questions for you. But have you asked yourself lately, am I wasting time? I mean, and really thought about it? You know, either any of these questions, all these questions, they all have different answers. And what struck me most during my time of reflection about these different questions was the answer to the very last question. Am I wasting my time? Because the fact of the matter is I do. I do waste time and I'm not the only offender. Uh, I think periodically all of us let time kind of just slip through our fingers and some of us more than others. But do we really want to carelessly waste a non-spatial continuum that is measured in terms of events which succeed one another from past through present to future. Now, that's not Linnell. You know, I stole that from somewhere, right? (laughs) And actually, it's the definition number one for time in Webster's Dictionary. But at the end of the day, when you define it that way, I don't think that's something that we want to waste much of, right? And I'm pretty sure it's worth spending some time on assessing where, you know, the potential leaks may be, you know, where your time leaks. And I would guess that a good start would probably be with technology being in the 21st century. You know, there is nothing more effective at causing us to kind of go into the spin of wasted time than, you know, some of the technologies that are being pushed at us today. And one in particular that's not new to the 21st century would be television. Now, I'm not going to stand on my soapbox on television this evening because the conversation is about time. But I think you guys know how I feel about television overall. And not that it's bad, you know, not that it's all bad. It's just, you know, to me, if it's not managed, it could be a box that literally sucks years out of your life. But anyway, when I considered the question, you know, do I waste time? You know, the areas that I found my time going is in the areas of technologies overall. At least that's where it was for me. You know, I found my black hole of wasted time in the very technologies I have purchased to optimize my time. How about that? You know, so take, for instance, my laptop. You know, very easy to, you know, be in a completely different file and folder than where I'm supposed to be if I'm dedicating that time to write. And the same thing with the iPad or even with the smartphone. Very easy to say, oh, you know what? Let me run through my contacts. I want to see if I have so-and-so's number. And then the next thing you know, 
you, you know, you're doing other things in your contacts. You're, you know, you're kind of fumbling around and then you end up on the game. And 30 minutes later, you look up like, man, what? What am I doing? OK, so, you know, these are, you know, these tools that are supposed to optimize our time have a very seductive ways of causing us to waste time. And I'll tell you, these tools are a godsend. Just as long as we don't get caught up in the vortex of cyberspace and social media on the laptop or the zone out for hours on the iPad, strategizing on how to win at words with friends or, as I've said before, becoming an angry bird. Right. And trying to, you know, just basically passively pass time. And so, you know, a question for reflection for all of us is, you know, what is your black hole of wasted time? And, you know, it's a good place to look, you know, and then imagine, imagine, because, you know, somebody out there is probably thinking, I don't waste any time. I don't waste any time at all. I would say, well, then look at your conversations. Uh, you might say, really? No, conversation is not a waste of time. I think it is if you're not listening. You know, one of the, uh, the five things that I share with, you know, the Claflin students, you know, the five things every visionary leader should know is, you know, number four was to be an open-minded listener, to be an open-minded listener. And, you know, I share with them that there's a lot of wisdom in listening. So what use is a conversation to you if you truly don't listen to people? That may be where you waste time. Uh, because instead of listening, you're constantly always trying to get your own point across or get your own story across versus uh, truly engaging in what I will call true, depthful dialogue and, you know, transacting a conversation that is, you know, one talking and one actively listening and then the other talking and the other actively listening. Because typically, we know, we listen to reply and we listen to defend. It's just that's just how we're we're made. And active listening is a whole nother show. But that was my reflection. And I would share this with you guys. Imagine that you only had one hundred dollars to spend for the rest of your life and every dollar you spent would be gone forever. You know, how do you think you would spend that money? Because I, I imagine if that was the case, that we would figure out some really creative ways to make those dollars and those cents, you know, s- spread to basically take care of us. Uh, I know I would. And I only use that because, you know, time and money are often kind of exchanged quite a bit. And just think about your time as if it were 100 bucks. And that was the only time you got and you had to spend it wisely. If you took that look at a day, how would you go about spending the day in ways that you maybe wouldn't have otherwise? And that's a great way for you to go and begin to sift out where, you know, you might have some lost time. You know, so just a thought. But it's funny. It reminds me of a blog I wrote some time ago called It's Time for a Time Check. And um, I'm trying to recall, but basically what I talked about is the pace with which time moves and how unreasonably swift. (laughs) I tell you, you know, I'm not that old, but I do see, you know, when I've talked to, you know, uh, elders, when they say, you know, the older you get, the faster time moves. And I see it, man. Like, I mean, when I look up and it's the end of January, I'm like, whoa, (laughs) And before we know it, it's, you know, I know it's cold outside and snow everywhere. And we're like, oh, man, I can't wait for winter to be over. 
But, you know, don't go rushing it, especially if you have plans with milestones and actions that you're supposed to be taking. Don't rush it, I would say. Instead, maximize it. You know, maximize the fact that there's not a whole lot going on outside and people aren't barbecuing and being out. And what can you be getting done? So that way, when it is warm outside, you can feel good about being out. I mean, so how are you going to look at it? You know, and the other thing I would share is that with time's untiring pace, what I'm saying is it has become an exponential increase of stuff to do. You know, like so the faster time moves, it seems like there's more that we have to do. So for me, you know, the faster time moves, the more I have to do. You know, the older I get, the more responsibility. And I I just find it fascinating. And I, I think a lot of us. You know, we get stuck there, especially at the beginning of the year. And so just something for us to consider and and, and take a look at. So where are you? I remember, if I'm not mistaken, there's seven questions that I've asked in regards to setting plans and talking about, you know, the blank page of the year. And one of those questions, you know, is what will that blank page you started the year with, say, at the end of 2014? And I would say that's a good question to ask. So for those of you who don't have plans, you know, what do you want it to say? What do you want to accomplish this year? And then the third question I ask is, you know, will it be filled with demonstrations of faith and perseverance? And of course, that goes back to what I was talking about earlier at the top of the hour. So, you know, that's one way to think about time. Now, I want to switch, right, because I promised that I would talk about the Super Bowl. And, you know, I have a perspective on this. And, you know, it's fascinating to me how sometimes we value ourselves and our time. Uh, We don't value ourselves and our time the way we should. And when you look at how big business values our time and how they think about how to calculate what our time is worth, it comes out to uh, something very different. And so, you know, next Sunday will be the Super Bowl, right? It'll be Super Bowl Sunday in America. The Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers will square off. And this football game will be the most popular sporting event of the year. And in some ways, globally. You know, so family and friends who haven't watched one game of football this season will come together to watch the gladiators of our century. And I say that because that's really what it is. You know, the gladiators of our century battle it out on grass and dirt for a championship that will give the victor the right to be the titans of our time for one year. Um, And so it's 2014, but some things haven't changed, you know. And I know a lot of times we liken our society to the Roman Empire. Not a lot's changed, right? We still like to watch human beings kind of uh, go through some type of carnage on grass and dirt in large arenas. I mean, that's just at the end of the day, that's what it is. The human race has drawn, has been drawn to the strength and stamina and carnage in arenas for over two to three thousand years. All right. So that hasn't changed. Now, what has changed are the economics surrounding these type of affairs. So even in Roman times, there was a lot of economics, right? The gambling, the, the exchange of money for slaves, etc. But not quite on the level that it's on today, okay? 
One of the best ways to quantify the value of sending a message to a mass audience is to pay attention to what big companies are willing to pay for just 30 seconds of your time on Super Bowl Sunday. And so, for instance, last year got as much as $4 million for a 30-second advertising spot. I'm going to say that again. Last year on CBS, it got as much as $4 million for a 30-second advertising spot. All right? So, you know, I'll ask you. That seems like a quite a bit of money, right? Well, I mean, let's break it down because I'm not so sure when you really begin to look at it, you know, because – Big business, they're in the business of making investments that matter, right? And so they're not going to spend a premium on something they don't think will provide them a return. So check this out. Two years ago, 111.3 million people tuned in to watch the New York Giants defeat the New England Patriots by a score of 21 to 17. Now, do you remember that? Do you? I don't think so. Oh, I just got a, I just got a, uh, yeah, I messed up on the Super Bowl, man. It is. It's the Broncos, Peyton Manning against Russell Wilson. I said the 49ers, my bad. Thanks for that. But so two years ago, it was the New York Giants versus New England. The score was 21 to 17. And, you know, not a lot of us remember who was in the Super Bowl. Not a lot of us remember who won the Super Bowl. But I can tell you what we do remember. What we do remember is some of the commercials, okay? And one of the commercials I remember is the commercial with Clint Eastwood, right? That emotional commercial from Chrysler when he, he said in his voice, you know, he's walking down the, the dark corridor in, a, in an arena, and he says, it's halftime, America, and our second half is about to begin. Now, I remember that. And I know some of you do, and some of you guys who don't even watch football are probably tearing up a little bit when you saw this commercial. You know, Chrysler did a real good job at plucking at the strings of our emotions, and Chrysler hoped that we would remember that. Now, that's why they were willing to pay 30 cents a person to send you that message. Now, remember I said, you know, you had 1113 three million people watching and that advertising spot was well past 30 seconds you know so you know when you do the math that's what I came up with I'm sure it's you know plus or minus five cent okay now so they were willing to pay 30 cents a person all right now they made a hefty investment in your time (laughs) they thought your time was worth basically a penny a second all right now I'm getting at a point here I'm getting at a point You know, I'm going to continue. So Chevrolet, Chevrolet figured, you know, uh, we don't want to spend that much money. We want to spend about seven cents a viewer. All right. And so they put a quick 30 second spot in for the advertising two years ago. And I'm talking about this advertising because it was I mean, it was like big. Some of the best commercials and a lot of blogs written about them. And that commercial got a lot of attention. My point is this. Large organizations have quantified the value of your attention, your time, and your potential loyalty. And they work really hard and very diligently to continually examine how to get more of your attention and time that you so freely give away. 
All right. And I'm just trying to draw a point here. Okay. When it comes to time. And so the question I asked about reflection earlier was, you know, around time, but I'm going to put a, a different spin on it. Do you really know how much your time is worth? Like, do you really know how much your time is worth to you? Because what I believe is this. If you can quantify what your time is worth to you, it will begin to bankrupt how you feel about wasting time. All right. I mean, because if time and money, if you can basically, you know, trade time for money, then is there really any free time? And if it is free time, and I'm saying, quote, unquote, if it is free time, then are you really enjoying yourself? Are you really in that moment? Are you really getting the, the, the fullness of the time that you're spending free, quote unquote? You know, just something to think about. I have the feeling that once you really know how much your time is worth, it'd be harder to give it to that reality television show you've been following, you know? I think it'd be harder to just kind of, you know, use it, you know, watching other people excel versus investing in yourself to excel. If you really begin to understand what your time is worth, you may not make a lot of money today, but what are your dreams? What is your net worth going to be by the time you expire? You know, use that. And the longer it takes you to get there is the more time that you're wasting And if you equate that to money, how much money are you letting go? You know, I'm just trying to talk in a language that we all can understand here. Okay. now think of it this way. Here's another way. I'm throwing a lot of analogies, but another way to think about it. If you dream of driving a Mercedes Benz, you know, one day you're like, I'm going to drive a Mercedes Benz. At the very least, if you are entertaining yourself or you're watching television Any of the television programming that does not advertise Mercedes Benz, you probably don't want to watch. Like if that's your dream car, but they never advertise your car on the shows that you're watching, something's not aligned. And I'm just doing some common sense stuff here. okay? see, because Mercedes Benz is very clear about who can afford to drive their vehicles and what type of television shows they watch. They've done the research. Believe me, they're not going to waste money. And so they're saying, you know what? You know, the people who watch our shows are watching uh, Mad Money. Okay, you know, they're very clear on what kind of shows that they're watching. Okay, so, you know, so think of it this way. That show you watch that you really enjoy with the little homely like housemaid commercials. You know, you could tell that they use a really cheap camera to make them. And I'm not going to name any names, but they might be insurance commercials. And, you know, I mean, the commercials just look real cheesy. Y'all know what I'm talking about. That little guilty pleasure show that steals hours out of your day, you know, may just be stealing your dreams, too. And I just thought if you knew how much your time was worth to the big machine, you might use that time differently on yourself. And so just be thoughtful. You're watching TV. And you see real cheap commercials. That's what they think of your time. I mean, they're saying we don't have to pay a lot to advertise to you because, you know, you're probably not going to be doing much anyway. And I'm just keeping it real. That's what I do. Now, if you're mad at me, don't get mad at me. Get mad at yourself. You're the one watching it, not me. I'm just saying. All right. So 
that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm Chicago's life coach. I'm going to keep it real. All right. You know, value your time. You know, and I will say big business next Sunday, big business is investing in your time and your attention. They think it's a good investment. So what I'm saying is follow the lead and put more value in your time and more value on yourself in the future. I guarantee you'll get a great return on that investment. I guarantee you, you will. Okay. And so, you know, the things on your vision board, the things that you want, if you don't see it popping up in the commercials, then you know, you, you know, you, you're not just wasting your time. You're double wasting your time because it doesn't even align. This episode of Inspirational Perspective was recorded at the Midway Broadcasting Corporation in Chicago, Illinois on WVON 1690 AM, The Talk of Chicago. Thank you for listening. Go to the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page and like the page. Follow Linnell Harris on social media at the handle Linnell Harris. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with that handle. Text INSPIRED to 43783 to receive free inspirational quotes and updates.